0: What's going on, everybody? It's your host, Rob Morris. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast, episode twenty nine. Uh, this show. Is, I'm right now. I'm watching the uh, Celtics game. I'm recording this while I watch the Celtics Sixer game. I'm recording this on a Thursday, January 9th, two thousand twenty. Uh. I think the last time I had an episode was in December, so anyone that's made it to the new year, Happy New Year, everybody. Thanks for listening. So I hope this year will be great for everybody. You know, you stay with your your New Year's resolutions, if you believe in all that. I believe in advancing every year, matter what. You shouldn't have to... Go through a new year just to get to that point where you're 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 bettering yourself. So, so we're gonna move on. We're gonna um, get it started. Like I said, I'm. I just mentioned that I'm watching the Celtic game right now. It's halftime. It's on national TV's on TNT tonight. So, just waiting for the that to the game to start. Well, I mean, basically the second half to start. But we're going to talk a little bit about the Celtics to start out. Um, you're probably getting to a little of a weekend review. So first off, the Celtics are playing well right now. That they, they definitely, their focus is up compared to what it was the past couple games in that road trip they had over the weekend. They kind of was having slow starts, um, kind of picking up the energy in the second half in most games. It, bite, it bit them in the ass in the last game um against the spurs where they weren't able to recover they uh they pretty much what they got i believe they were down by 20 something points in the first quarter and like I said that slow start pattern has been it's been killing them right now and they weren't able to um wasn't able to really to really get close to the spurs I mean, maybe in that third quarter they made a nice run, and then Kimmel Walker ended up getting ejected. I think that's just the basketball guards punishing them for having the, all these slow starts and not and really just playing with the game right now. So, like I said, so far so good against the Sixers. second half's about to start, if anyone else is watching it. It's a pretty good game. Sixers don't have a Joel Embiid, but I heard... Uh, Like I said, Kimball Walker supposedly hurt his thumb or whatever. Um, But it looks like he's going to come back in the game. I don't know. Maybe he jammed it or something. Maybe he might have jammed it. Thank goodness. if That's all what it is. That's good news. The last thing Celtics won is another injury. But but let's get back to basically all the Celtics' issues this past week. I mean, yeah, so they've had a lot of slow starts. You know, and I, that, I mean, you can magnify it and say that's what it has been the past few games. But I feel like that's been a pattern all year long. Um, they've been able to, you know, have these slow starts, and, and guys like Kimba, guys like Jalen Brown, have been able to really build them out of these slow starts, and able, to, and they're able to, you know, roll in games, and able to either, especially if they're playing bad teams, able to blow them out, or either. Find a way in the fourth quarter to win the game down the stretch, but I mean, I wouldn't say that they've been—they're not the biggest, they're not the best team at getting those close wins, but they—they've had a few, they've had a few close wins, or either they're able to pull away at the end without it being, you know, that tightly contested. But it looks like this game so far with the Sixers it's going to be it's going to go down to to the down to the wire. I think Al Horford's come to play today, not a uh he has somewhat of a defined role without Embiid out there. Um a lot of people the a lot of the uh the guys, I mean the basketball pundits, they say that the reason why uh Embiid and Horford really can't coexist is because of the spacing, but I feel like um, I think Embiid, he handles the ball a lot. and Ben Simmons handles the ball a lot. And Horford's like probably the third guy that handles the ball if he, if he happens to touch it. And believe it or not, Josh Richardson's had a nice role on this team as well. He's been a guy that they have relied on to score. So really, sometimes Horford's like the fourth option. Tobias Harris is also a guy that they rely on to score. So sometimes Horford's like the fourth, maybe fifth option. So his role is really minimum. On the Sixers compared to on the Celtics, where the you know they really utilize Horford a lot in almost every possession, so I think it's just Horford having to adjust to what the role is in Philly. I think he needs to. um, I think Brent Brown needs to stagger him, put him with more of the bench players because they don't have a bench at all. They barely have a bench. Mike Scott is pretty much their bench. You know, if they if Mike scott doesn't start certain games, he's usually probably their best player coming off the bench, with, along with James Ennis. So Horford should be more utilized with those bench guys than anything else because Sixers have pretty much a weak bench. They've had a weak bench all year long, but they're they're a hard, grindy, defensive minded team overall. So it's been hasn't been able to hurt them that much, but uh. It's, You've Gotta love the Sixers um toughness though. They they're really a tough team. Uh Mike Scott just made a tip in. Uh we're in the third quarter, nine minutes to go. Well this is interesting. I've never I've never recorded while watching a basketball game. This is only my first time. I'm literally in my apartment right now, just uh hopefully one day I can build a studio in this apartment. I am just trying to Get everything sorted out. Probably put it in my living room. Get microphones. Get all the equipment that I need. Hopefully, maybe in the next few months, I can get that that get that to work out sooner rather than later. Sixers have made a third quarter run. Timeout. Right now, it's I believe it's a two point game. Tobias Harris has made a layup over Daniel Tice. Yep, it's fifty nine, fifty seven. But yeah, so with the thing is with the Celtics, um, I mean I know they've had a lot of injuries that they haven't been able to get guys healthy. Um, they're finally fairly healthy today. This past week, they just got Marcus Smart back from that crazy um, eye infection. They just got him back from uh, from that. And like I said, they're just trying to get guys healthy. Gordon Hayward had an issue with his ankle. Where he looks like he's fine right now. And then obviously they're still waiting on Robert Williams to get back from his hip injury. So I still think Robert Williams has been a major piece defensively for this team. I think as much as Marcus Smart really makes a difference defensively, I think Robert Williams makes a, a big difference defensively as well. Even though Kanner has had a great run so far, rebounding the basketball really well, getting double-doubles you know, consistently. I still think they could use another big to rotate out the, on defensive possessions when they kind of need someone to give them a boost, give them some rim protection. Can is not always the answer on that on that end of the floor, especially when you're playing against these elite teams. But I, I don't know. I still think they're, um, you know, trading deadlines right around the corner. I still think they are uh, still need another big, a defensive-minded big that has a little bit more girth to them. Just you know to you know defend the posts, um, and obviously be more, somewhat of a rim protector. They can get someone in the buyout market. I don't, they may not need to have to swing a trade, but just get someone in the buyout market that might be something that they uh, something that would definitely work for them. But we'll see what the Celtics. is going to be interesting, and still going to give you guys updates throughout the podcast. See what's going on with, throughout this game. Um, I know my, um, uh, streaming, uh, podcast streaming service just added, uh, live streams. I remember I talked about that maybe a few months ago. Um, so now it's like actually working. Would love to have some live streams on so that we can give you, maybe I can give you live updates of games and stuff and kind of get you guys, um, Kind of get you, you know, listen to the podcast and still, fi- you know, find out some news or whatever, high school news or whatever, while you're watching the NBA game, and I can give you updates on the NBA games. I got like, like, I will not say I have the lead pass, but I do have, you know, a few channels I can flick through, especially there's a, you know, a few games on, especially on Friday nights, Friday nights, they have like three or four games on at once, ESPN, TNT on Thursday usually is only one game at one time, but Friday they usually have more than one game. Um, NBTV has games. I have pretty much all the sports channels and whatnot. So that would be interesting, kind of do a live stream. Um, I'd like to get some guests on pretty soon because I think February is probably the month that's really a good basketball month. Uh, You got the All-Star Weekend coming up. That month he got um, pretty much the the stretch run for college basketball uh, right before the tournament starts in March. Um, high school basketball starts to get their playoffs going at the um, early March. so really you're gonna see some big time games. We're gonna get into high school later on the show. We got a lot to cover with high school this week. Um, you don't want to miss it. I got a bunch of I made a bunch of updates on the website for high school. I just updated all the rankings. As far as right now, I got every single ranking for each state, the top ten rankings of all the high schools in each state, in the New You know, obviously in the New England area, I cover pretty much the New England area, so I have them for pretty much all six states: uh, Mass, uh, Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Connecticut, Vermont, Maine. So so yeah so check out uh my website rimsandnets.com if you haven't already r-i-m-s double n-e-t-s dot com um so yeah you'll find all those rankings right under the local tab just click on the local tab and then click on local high schools and you'll see tier one tier two tier three of those six states of the new england area where all those top 10 rankings are i'll also put up um, basically, the biggest game for that area, for you know that state, the biggest game that that week, and also I put down top players to look out for this year. I probably listed about four or five guys in each tier in, of those areas that you had to look out for, wh- whether it's in the prep school ranks or in in the um, public school ranks. So it's very interesting. I will start putting out some articles as well. Probably, I'll probably put out maybe maybe one article every two once every two weeks. Um, like I said, I'm just trying to get all the uh, website updates finalized. I'll probably get that done by the end of this week. Hopefully, I'm just trying to squeeze in everything right now. I'm like I have two jobs, like I mentioned before, so just trying to squeeze in all everything. I pretty much got my apartment pretty much settled i got just a few things i gotta do but mostly i got mostly of that settled so like i say i'm gonna try to get a podcast in at least a week or maybe week and a half certain weeks sometimes i'm pretty busy so sometimes i might have to wait a little bit to put it put it out so i mean no later than 10 days 10 days is probably the latest maybe 11 you know the 10 to 12 day no later than that. I'm going to try to get it in once a week, but you know, sometimes I'm not able to do it once a week, but it's, you know, basically as soon as I can. So it's going to be daily, probably you'll probably see about 3 or 4 podcasts per month. So that's 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 fairly good, you know, to up, update on. And plus it's, I'm probably going to do every podcast at least an hour long cuz there's a lot of content. You got NBA, you got college basketball, which we'll get into that after after, um, like, wrap up, you know, NBA and whatnot. We'll get into college basketball. And then we'll get into the high school later on in the show. That will be in the second segment. But, like I mentioned, college basketball. So, we're going to get that started with Vermont. Vermont has been playing pretty well late. Right now they're 10-5. and five. Um, They're getting a lot of attention particularly with uh their best player uh anthony lamb um he's definitely getting some serious looks as an nba prospect i just you know, every now and then i'm gonna give you guys um a draft scope which i'll basically is part of the show where i'll probably give you you know a prospect or two that's you know that's really you know Is getting some attention, and you know, particularly in this, you know, in the New England area and all these New England colleges, I'm gonna gonna really spot out a few guys that definitely are getting some type of NBA attention. So, Anthony Lim is definitely one of those guys, undersized big. He plays like the four position for Vermont, he's like 6'7, 225. So, I'm just checking the score right now 69 69. Celtics just got to run back. So it's, like I said, it's gonna be a tight game. But other than that, uh, so I mean, for Anthony Lamb, for Vermont, I think he could be somewhat of a second round to late second round pick. That'd be my projection of him, or maybe probably possibly undrafted, because you know he's he's undersized for his you know for the position that he plays. He's a very good rebounder. Um, like I said, he can score from inside and out um he kind of reminds me of dream on green as far as his offensive game goes in a i mean i don't know i can't really say it i think he's a better offensive player than dream on green so that's a poor comparison but i think like i said he can go he can go inside and out he's a physical player can rebound has a strong guy he's very built. got a nice body um that's why the nba is looking at him because he just he's got a lot of intangibles he could score the ball well and and like I said, has the ability to be versatile in, in a lot of different ways on the offensive end. Um, can pass the ball well, as well as rebound and score. Just a good offensive player overall. Um, like I said, defensively, he's you know he has his days, but he's not... I wouldn't say he's a great defender, but especially at that level, it's going to be tough to really read if he can really do it against NBA caliber athletes. But so far, so good. He's played... Against um pretty fairly competition, their non conference schedule was reasonably tough this year, and they were able to get through it only lost five games um their last game they just beat Dartmouth, which you know I think the Ivy League was one of the more underrated leagues this year um they were able to beat dartmouth seventy seven to sixty eight um And I just think Vermont, you know, besides Lamb, they have a few other guys they can go to. Everett Duncan has played great of late, shooting the ball well. Um, He did struggle early in the early in the non-conference schedule. Just you know, his percentages have been down, but he's definitely gotten better of late. Seth Smith is probably the most consistent player behind Anthony Lamb. Um, Just probably the best guard for them so far. I mean, he could score. Uh, good, good in dribble penetration. Uh, so fairly good shooter. I believe he's shooting forty percent from the from the from the three point line. So a fairly good shooter from the outside as well. And um, I was, uh, I was gonna check that uh, Vermont played Stony Brook last night, and they end up losing that game. It was a close game. I'm just trying to check it. Yeah, so they lost to Stony Brook, eighty-one to to seventy-seven. Um, so that's a that's a tough loss. It's a conference loss. So I don't know, Vermont. They're like I said, they're hit and miss at times. So now they're ten and six. Now that I uh, find that result out, they're ten and six. So gotta get better. But so far they've been fairly. They've been playing fairly well. They just sometimes they they slip on a certain certain games that they should win. I think they should have won that Stony Brook game. I think they're a better team than Stony Brook. So Yeah, and if I mean their bench is may not be the best. Um RJ Davis is one of their better bench players as well. So I mean, they got a few pieces. Nothing too special. I, I was like I said I was high on them, but like I said not they're, they're good, but you know, I don't, they're, they're, they're right now, they're so far, they're a bubble. If I had to say they're, you know, their chances of being a, in the tournament, they're a bubble team. They have to take care of business in their conference to probably be um, it. you know, to make it to the big dance. They better uh, make sure they take care of business in conference for sure. And losing the Stony Brook isn't helping. All right, so the next team um, we get into is, is B.C., We'll give BC some love. I mean, obviously, I'm a BC fan. I love Boston College, um, particularly football. I like football. I mean, but basketball, you know, they've had their moments, but not many moments, Um, probably in the early 2000s when they had Jared Dugley playing on the team. I thought that was their best um, time where they were really, really good. They haven't really been good since then, since Jared Dugley has graduated and been an NBA player and whatnot. So right now the nine is six. But the biggest news was that they upset number eighteen Virginia the other night. Um it was was it Tuesday night? So yeah, Tuesday night they upset Virginia. Um it was a close game overall, I thought BC's defense was really good. I thought uh, their freshman Jay Heath continues to be a star out there. He had seventeen points. The Hamilton brothers were good defensively, particularly Jared Hamilton. Um, he made some timely shots. I think he hit uh, the game-winning shot to to give them the chance to, you know, give them a chance to win the game you know late in that second half as for virginia um you know the the nba prospect DeKinte. uh can't pronounce his name but uh the african descent center that they have he's he's a long body big uh the i think his name is DeKinte. De DeKinte. um he ha- he, he kind of struggled a bit he only had nine points. Um, very quiet out there. I thought Braxton Keys was the key to them you know, staying alive in that game. He had 16 points. Um, I don't think he was really a player for them last year. I mean, they, Virginia, the key thing with Virginia, they're not as good as they were last year. They lost a lot of talent last year to the NBA. Uh, they lost Ty Jerome to the NBA. They lost... Um, uh, Guy, their top shooter um, probably their best player is uh, uh, dekennte their that that center and then they have uh, uh Keyston. Clark Keyston Clark is is a great shooter so that's probably their second best player so they really don't and then besides you know Broxton Keys has really stepped into being one of their better players they don't really have much besides that and obviously they're a great defensive team their system. Always dictates and be for them to play a slow pace and play good defense, and that wasn't enough. They didn't score enough against BC, and BC, you know, the BC got a nice start in that game, and that really propelled them to uh, to get the victory. And they get the huge upset. So I mean, BC's been they've been okay. They've been so and so. They got a um, their non-conference schedule wasn't too strong, so they were able to rack up a few wins. They did lose some games that they probably shouldn't have lost, but that is BC. I think think the the key thing with BC is is just try to build some momentum to next year. Next year is the year where they're going to be stacked next year. Um, You got, obviously, you got these freshmen, Jay Heat, CJ Felder's been pretty good for them, too. Very athletic guy that comes off the bench. Um, I believe the Hamilton brothers are seniors so they may not be here next year but then you have uh, Le- uh langford coming in the the four star prospect you got um his brother coming in from providence as a as a transfer um they're gonna have a stacked team next year i um with the big fella um that's, that's european i don't i believe he's a senior though he may not be coming back but i think their youth they definitely got a lot of youth coming in that's going to be special, particularly uh, particularly Laneford, which is in my top five in the top 100 for rims and nets. So Boston, it just ended the third quarter. Boston's up 80 to 77. Give you a quick update on that. But, yeah, so BC, I think next year is going to be the year they're going to really, you know, surprise some people. I think they're going to be really stacked next year. They got a lot of youth that's going to be turning over into upperclassmen. And then they have that ridiculous freshman, Langford, coming in. Which also, they also have the the other guy, Vanderbond. He's also in the top 20 on my list. He's a stretch big that can shoot the three. Um, he plays for a Wisterton Christian. So they ha- add him as well, which he's a decent prospect. So... BC did a good job recruiting this year for the 2020 class. Who knows if they can add another piece, whether it's a transfer or whatever. Or, I mean, definitely what's so big now is these grad transfers. Speaking of grad transfers, rumors are that Seth Towns, uh, he plays for Harvard. He's, uh, he's supposed to be, I mean, word was he was supposed to come back uh, in January from that injury. That he had before he started the season. Well, technically, he's been out for. He was out last year too with this injury, so it was a knee injury, I think. Um, he's he's not gonna play this year. So rumors are that he's supposed to be transferring. I mean, he's gonna graduate from Harvard. He might end up being a grad transfer. So rumors are he probably wants to transfer out of Harvard, get onto a more of a a more of a blue blood type of school to give him some more recognition. Maybe he can, you know, use that to propel himself to the NBA draft because he is an NBA prospect. I've seen him in a uh, top 100 list, particularly ESPN, John Ger- He I think he had him list on his top 100 uh, beginning of the year. So um, just keep an eye on Seth Towns. I think Seth Towns could transfer out of Harvard this year. And that's, he was lost. I think he would have been a great addition to this team. I thought they were pretty stacked this year. They would have had him. Um, they still got Bryce Eichen. He's a great scorer, but adding Seth Towns only makes them better. Chris Lewis, you know, really does well inside. They got all those other uh, uh, guards or miscellaneous pieces that they go to. Kirkwood and the uh, the gift from Canada. So, uh, Bassy is another guy that's pretty, pretty talented. He's an experienced player. So overall, I think Harvard's gonna be good. They're 11, they're 11 and 4 right now. They had a slow start, but they've definitely racked up some wins of late. They won six straight. So just keep an eye on Harvard, and we, we will keep, I will, you know, keep you updated on Harvard, on Harvard, cause it's gonna be a really, excuse me, it's gonna be a really tough, tough Ivy League. Um, who knows that there will be two bids for, for the Ivy League this year. I think the Ivy League is strong this year. Even Brown has really shown themselves. I think Brown ended up beating uh, URI the other day. So, I mean, the Ivy League looks really strong. Um, they got a lot of Uh, talented teams or underrated teams. And and obviously, you know about Yale. I mentioned them in the last podcast. They end up losing to North Carolina in that tough. Anyway, excuse me. It was just a notification on my phone. But, yeah, so Yale... Yale loses to North Carolina. And I thought um I think Yale kinda of dropped the ball on this one because I know it's tough to go to the Dean Dome and it was a big night. Royal Williams was supposed to be uh passing Dean Smith for um you know, on the win total list for the school. I mean I I mean obviously North Carolina played played their hearts out. You know for war Williams so they we, they can get that feat at home so it was it was a tough environment for Yale to come into and, and I thought they fought hard I thought they played well out there, especially late they didn't give up um obviously you know the top players is the phil Atkinson and um they had that other big that's uh talented and they also have um I know I mentioned him in the last podcast. I'm just trying to think of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can't think of it right now. But, yeah, but Yale has got a three-headed monster with those three guys that I mentioned. You got I mentioned them. Yeah, Paul Atkinson, Isaiah Swain, Brockton native, Brockton mass native, Jordan Bruner. Yeah, that's the guy I was trying to think of. Jordan Bruner, 6'9", long body block shots. I mean, they I mean, him and Atkinson are, are a load to stop inside. I mean, one of the better front lines, like by far, you know, in Ivy League, there's not many guys that can defend those two down low. And then you got Isaiah Swain can shoot the ball. He's a good floor leader, good point guard for them. So they got nice pieces as well to complement those guys. So you got to keep an eye on Yale Bulldogs as well as the Harvard Crimson. Both of those teams looking like they both want to win 20 wins this year. They both have great starts. You know, with the loss to North Carolina, Yale has ha- has five losses. So, still trying to, still trying to um figure out if their how their schedule will be. But I would say, I would say for those two, you just um just keep an eye on them. I just think who knows if that will be. Two bids, but I I mean most likely in most years there's only one bid, so it could have gone it could definitely go down to those two teams. And like I said, I obviously had those two teams high on my list. Actually, I I, I lied. I, Yale is not was not <laughs> high on my list. I did not see uh Yale being this good. I, I I thought they were gonna be a team that would be okay. But I think they'd be this good. I had them ranked number seven on that top ten list. So right now, if I had to re-rank that list, I'd probably put Yale at number two, put Harvard at number one, and then maybe UConn, maybe Providence. Uh, UConn's been decent, but they've kind of slid a bit. We're not going to really get into that because we got a ton to cover for high school, and we'll do that when we come back. You listen to the Rims and Nets podcast. This is your host, Rob Morris. We'll be right back with the second segment.